Next on BYU Sports Nation, five straight wins for BYU football as they enter what could be a November. To remember, the Cougars have a shot at big-time National Buzz top 14 potential. The head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, Gary Anderson, joins us live from Madison. His dynamic duel of running backs and how Bronco Mendenhall helped him break into college football. Plus, we tackle big deal or no deal. Bowl game news and a second BYU athlete named Conference Player of the Month. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Oh, what is up? Wednesday, November 6th, I'm Spencer Linton sitting next to the man with an unprecedented pulse on BYU sports as a whole. It's about the body of work, people. Jerem Jordan bringing it every day. How about that intro, my friend? Thank you. You're welcome. BYU Sports Nation, back at it. As I slide a Benjamin your way. (laughs) Wherever and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. BYU football bowl game news. The Cougars lock in for 2016 and 2018. We'll get into those specifics. And a couple of senior football stars headed for an additional postseason stage, one where they can raise their NFL draft stock. But first... BYU football and the team's push for increased and consistent national respect. Do they have enough juice, notable wins, and a tough enough schedule to get into the top 14 of the BCS rankings? Cannot wait to dig into that. The fact that BYU's schedule is so tough uh, gives that a possibility, which we will go into. And I love the fact that BYU has a tough schedule. Next year's is not as tough as this year's. So I'm going to enjoy... The fact that BYU has relevance in November. A friendly reminder, you can listen to BYU Sports Nation every weekday, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain, on BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network Channel 980, our show on demand every day on the newly launched BYURadio.org. Check it out, sharp stuff there. You can catch the rebroadcast each day at 7 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. Those are the many options of how you can listen to this show, and now we'd like to invite you to join our conversation. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation, like and comment on our new Facebook page, and vote in our daily poll questions. See how many things you can do? It's, it's so interactive. We haven't even mentioned Instagram or the pending Pinterest page with BYU Sports Nation <laughs> recipes on game day. That was a nice alliteration, pending Pinterest page. Very. Did you mean to do that? Of course not. (laughs) We want to hear from you regardless on any and all social media platforms. Today's poll question at BYUTVSports.com. Oh, it it deals with something we were just talking about, Jerem. At year's end, BYU will be outside the top 25, ranked 21 to 15, ranked 15 to 20, or ranked 14 or better and be BCS eligible. Ah, there are those three letters. Can BYU find enough? Do enough and convince enough pollsters and the computers to be ranked 14 or better and BCS eligible. Rise and shout, my sports friends. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. The target is 14. Here's ESPN college football analyst Trevor Maddich from BYU Sports Nation this week. If they beat Wisconsin... I don't see any reason why they wouldn't break into the rankings, and here's why that matters. A BCS bowl could say, look, we like BYU, we like the way they're playing, we like their fan base, they'll put a lot of bodies in the seats, we choose them. And that's a possibility if they get up to number 14. That is a notable college football personality working for the worldwide leader in sports ESPN, Trevor Maddich, a guy who works on college game day radio and who is tapped in to what the nation is seeing, believing, and feeling when it comes to college football. That said, Trevor Maddich says BYU has a shot to crack into the top 14. Yes, there are some pieces that need to fall into place, but they have a quality schedule. They have quality wins over the likes of Texas, Boise State, a Houston team that is looking better and better. And BYU is a name brand. They travel well. They have fans everywhere. So, if they crack into the top 14 and they have a legitimate shot, in my opinion, given what's left on their schedule, this could be a very special postseason. Again, we're not telling you, BYU Sports Nation, that the Cougars will be in the BCS if they crack into the top 14. The question is, can they get into the top 14? And my response to that is, yes, 
It is possible. Okay, for that to happen to me, some crazy stuff's going to have to happen. You have to have Northern Illinois and Fresno State lose, for one thing. If they don't lose, it doesn't matter. Not impossible. Uh, Correct. Not impossible. Uh, You also need teams. uh, You need the dominant teams to continue to be dominant so that they are the automatic qualifiers from their conference, the undefeateds, the Alabama, Florida State's, Oregon's, Ohio State's. You don't want them to lose. You also need a couple. You need Baylor to lose a couple times. You need, uh, you know, you need... uh, the Oklahomas of the world. You need these fringe BCS at-large teams to get three losses because an Oklahoma team with two losses, for example, versus a BYU team with two losses, Oklahoma's going to get that at-large bid just on program prestige nationally versus BYU. You also need BYU to not only run the table, which is a tough task, you need style points, baby. Why is Baylor ranked sixth? Because they put up 70 points a game. Style points matter. BYU would be ranked in the top 25 if they had scored a touchdown, if they had scored two more times against Boise State, two more times against Georgia Tech, and beat Houston by a little bit more, in my opinion. Style points matter to voters, and they do. So BYU, uh, in order to get to the top 14, which is our discussion, they can't just win. They have to win big. I think by, by two touchdowns on the road at Wisconsin, at Notre Dame. You're telling me BYU has to beat and the that's, 24th ranked team in the country in Camp Randall by two touchdowns or more to even have a shot at getting to the top 14? Yes, because we're talking what? about... They have to... Okay, if BYU, according to CBSSports.com, the, officially there's no rankings beyond 25 right. for the BCS. CBSSports.com is saying that BYU is 27th. So just outside, right? BYU, in four weeks, BYU climbing 13 spots... And that'd be the minimum. 14 is the minimum for BYU to be in the conversation for at-large BCS eligibility. That's asking a lot. I think that if BYU wins out, BYU climbs into the 18-16-ish range, and and they're out. They need to win, and they need to win big. We're talking about the less than 5% chance that BYU gets into a BCS game. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think that BYU has... Uh, it's a tall task, but that BYU can run the table in November and at least be considered. That's part of this conversation. Without a conference title and any automatic tie-ins with a Mountain West or whatever, just to be involved in the conversation is good enough because BYU is really, honestly aiming for bigger time stuff next season when you only have three really tough games at Central Florida, Boise State, Texas. Other than that, every other game is winnable, and even then, you beat two of those teams this year, and you beat Central Florida in 2011, who's a little bit different. You could, you could, I don't want to say it because I hate thinking this far ahead, run the table next year. Uh, I'm going to let my boy Ralph Russo Your from boy. the Associated Press <laughs> argue, argue this point from you. You're telling me BYU has a 5% chance or less yes. of getting into the top 14? Yes. Oh, my friend, my friend. This is, an, this is another national writer, Ralph Russo, on BYU's chances of cracking the top 14 with wins against Notre Dame and Wisconsin. Aside from being 10-2 and two and having to win at Madison and win at Notre Dame, they need Northern Illinois and Fresno State out of the mix. So if you knock those two teams out of the mix and say we're not going to have a BCS buster, now what you're saying is BYU has to get into the top 14 to be eligible to be an at-large pick. If you're 10-2 and two with wins over Notre Dame and Wisconsin, that won't be an issue. So you have no BCS buster. You've eliminated Wisconsin because you've beaten Wisconsin. You've eliminated Notre Dame because you've beaten Notre Dame. Okay, Ralph, Ralph Russo. This guy doesn't follow BYU football the way that we do. He, he is not. And look, there are 123. Is that how many FBS teams there are right now? I believe so. Yeah, okay, 123 FBS teams. He's got to follow all of them. But BYU has done enough for him in New York to recognize that they have a shot of cracking in to the top 14. He's not saying they're going to be top 10. or what. If BYU gets to 14 with wins over Wisconsin, Notre Dame, then you, tab- then you tabulate that with Boise State, Texas, Houston, and Georgia Tech, you're telling you're telling me pollsters can't won't look at that schedule and say, "Wow, that is that is impressive." Maybe BYU is a top fourteen. Here's team. why not: the polls are not about what's happened the whole season; it's about what happened that week. 
and where you sit currently and what happened that week and what happened around you. And when I say around you, I mean within the four, the four or five, right? So, so let's say BYU beats Wisconsin. Let's say BYU beats Wisconsin by seven. How many spots do they move up? Four. Okay. And then they beat Idaho State. They may be, then what? Max two? There are some teams that are going to lose above them. Four would be up to 23, maybe 21 max, right? Okay. Notre Dame, how many spots do you move up? There's another opportunity to move up at least four spots. It's a quality Seven, team, a 17, quality win. and then you beat Nevada. You're not going to move up four spot, four spot, three spots up into 14. How do you with know? The How win. do you know? Depending on what happens to the teams ahead of them, think about the national championship year in 1984. BYU was third. But, but you cannot compare that week. year. It is they were, so different. It's the same idea, though. They were third going into the final week. They needed two monumental upsets. BYU was playing a bad Utah team in 1984. They weren't going to get any traction by beating Utah, but there were two huge upsets of the number one and number two teams in the country. So all of a what sudden, are the, the chances Cougars, of all of this stuff happening? Five percent. No, no, I'm saying like it's there are it's a better chance that BYU gets to number fourteen than than that team in '84 gets to number one that week. Great tweet by at fruiz801. I hope BYU plays well enough to give the decision makers such a conundrum. That's, that's what, what it's all about, and that's what we're talking about is. Here's what I love. Whether BYU does this or not, just that we're having this conversation, I love it. Because BYU does not have Idaho and San Jose State in Hawaii. They have Wisconsin and Notre Dame. They have an opportunity this Saturday. Now, if BYU doesn't beat Wisconsin, this conversation is moot. It's a moot point. Yes, but the possibility exists. And whether BYU gets in the top 14 is not crazy important to me. It's just that BYU continues to play well and uh, continues to garner national relevance. Because next year... Uh, is a good opportunity for BYU. Tr- trust me, it's all about this year, but it has a lot to do with next year too. Okay, let's look. Let's let's talk very quickly about the current BCS top twenty-five. One through five, solid. Alabama, Florida State, Oregon, Ohio State, Stanford. Those teams are can absolutely play. The Stanford loss at Utah for me is the is the equivalent of BYU's what loss at Virginia. What the heck happened? There? Yeah, BYU's loss at Virginia. Okay, but six through twenty five is extremely fluid. I look at Baylor and I'm like, yeah, they have a dynamic offense. They're incredible. Who have they played? Who have they played? Are they going to score? No, no, I know they're going to have to prove it the next couple weeks. Okay, so Baylor, Cle- Clemson, their big win this year was over Georgia. And now it's three loss. Okay. Missouri is a team that I actually like, and I think that, that they are a legitimate top 10 team. They'll, they'll battle with Auburn for that at-large out of the SEC. Oklahoma at 10. Overrated, in my opinion. Uh, but they have program prestige. And Oklahoma could lose to Baylor. Oklahoma got smoked by on, Texas. On Thursday. By the way, tomorrow, the greatest day of college football in the regular season. The whole, the whole year. You have Thursday, two top 10 a, matchups. On, on Thursday night. Incredible stuff. Okay, so as, as we're going, Fresno State, 16. Louisville, 20. They're kind of fading. U- Central Florida, that team is either going to win or lose. Like Louisville and UCF are both not going to be there. Arizona, Central Florida could go top 14. Arizona State may lose a few more games and drop out. And then there's Notre Dame and Wisconsin, 23 and 24. So BYU, there is enough happening between 10 and 25 that the Cougars, if they win out, can sneak in. 13 spots in four weeks is, is a lot. It can happen. It's a, it's a lot. It, yes, I'm saying it can happen too. I'm just saying the chances are slim. Tweet from at Brian Nebaker at BYU Sports Nation at Spencer Linton. Don't let Debbie Downer, Jerem <laughs> Jordan, get to you. Hashtag hope. Hashtag go Cougars. I have hope too. I just don't think the the pollsters will acknowledge what we see, which is BYU by the end of the season could be a top 14 team. Send us your tweets at BYU Sports Nation. What will the Cougars rank be at the end of the season? Can they get into the top 14? Uh, your options are outside the top 25, ranked 21 to 15, 15 or sorry, 24 to 21, 15 to 20, or 14 or better, and BCS eligible. BYUTVSports.com, you can vote as well. Topic two. Bowl news and some more bowl postseason news. I feel that we have a pretty darn solid bowl connection for the next six years. Fantastic. Um, ESPN and I have worked out uh, games for those six years. Two of the games will be in Poinsettia Bowl. 
Uh, we love that game last year. It's a great location. It's a great tradition to be down in San Diego for BYU football. Tom Holmo joining BYU Sports Nation in studio last week and telling us some really intriguing things about BYU's postseason scenarios upcoming for the next six years. We know now that two years are locked into the Poinsettia Bowl, which Tom confirmed. We, we know the years now well, as of today. One is official, one is not. So 2016, the Poinsettia Bowl website today said that BYU is going to play in the Poinsettia Bowl in 2016. 2016. That was previously announced as 2015, so that's a change. Brett McMurphy of ESPN tweeted this morning that sources are telling him that BYU's second Poinsettia Bowl game will be in 2018. Still waiting for the official announcement on that from either the Poinsettia Bowl or BYU. But that would mean two of those six like you mentioned. Then there's two others that BYU have locked into bowl games that have yet to be announced. And then there are two more that are sort of flex games. The floating bowl games, yeah. And Tom Homel told us... Uh, in this studio last week that he expects all six of those, now one of those announced officially, to be announced before the start of next season. That's great stuff. And and if you're not familiar with the bowl game situation, given the uh, disillusion of the current BCS model and, and all that stuff. It's it's going to be harder and harder for teams, especially in independent BYU, to get those bull ties unless they take care of business now, which is why... Everyone's taking care of business yes. in this for six years. Yes, because that's when the current contract ends. 2014 through 2019, the college football playoff. Tom Homo, you can listen to that entire interview. He joined us Monday. I'm trying to remember the date of that, but uh, if you go back in the archives on YouTube, uh, you can listen to that October entire... 28th. October 28th. Nice, Jerem. Not a boy. Uh, some other postseason news for BYU. Kyle Van Noy and Cody Hoffman have been invited to compete in the Senior Bowl. Sponsored by Reese's. Do they get Reese's with this after they graduate? No. I've, wait, I've wondered this. Wait, that game, that game is sponsored by Reese's? Yeah. Cody Hoffman tweeted a picture of the envelope, the letter he got. <laughs> it had Reese's on it. So Was I it thought, an orange envelope? No. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> So Cody Hoffman and Kyle Van Noy, have, more importantly, they have a chance to improve their NFL draft stock. This is where Ziggy did it last yes. year, although Ziggy's situation is different. He didn't have the body of work that these guys do. But if you put on a show, you can plug yourself a couple extra points, if you will. If you're, a, if you're an 82 rating going into that, you can become an 85 or something. And so, uh, yeah, BYU's Kyle Van Noy, one of the best defensive players in the country, and then Cody Hoffman, one of the most tenured and statistically dominant receivers in the country. Uh, they'll have a t- Vanoy draft for sure, and then Hoffman, uh, Hoffman can increase his stock. Just looking at this on CBSSports.com, Bruce Feldman, senior college football columnist, releasing the top 10 best defensive players of 2013 in college football. And I'm looking, Kyle Van Noy in a tie for 10th right now, and Feldman lists Kyle Van Noy as, quote, a playmaking 6'3", 245-pound senior. Van Noy came up big in the Cougars' win over Texas, eight tackles, one sack, five quarterback hurries, but he pretty much comes up big in every game BYU plays. He has a team-high 11 tackles for loss and is second with 46 tackles. Van Noy also has one pick six, that, of course, against Utah State, and that ends the quote. So Feldman has Kyle Van Noy on his radar as one of the top 10 or tied for 10th anyway, best defensive players in college football 2013. Hoffman and Van Noy will be eligible for the NFL draft after this year. Two fantastic seniors and expect those guys to play in the NFL for a long time. You know who wasn't on that list? Topic three. Who wasn't on that list? Chris Borland, Wisconsin linebacker. Ah, and it's interesting that you would bring that up, Jerem Jordan. Banged up Badgers. That's right, Wisconsin dealing with some injury concerns right now. We'll talk to head coach Gary Anderson in about 10 minutes on BYU Sports Nation about what's going on with Wisconsin. But some notable injuries, one, Jared Aberderis, and two, the guy you just talked about, Borland. Yeah, hamstring with Borland, who's a really good linebacker, two-time All-Big Ten first-teamer. Uh, sat out last week against Iowa. And then Jared Abraderis, one of the best receivers in the country. He's really good. They rely on him uh, down the field since they run the ball so effectively. He's their, he's their receiving threat. He's really good. Uh, chest injury, which rib, uh, rib specifically, came out of the Iowa game last week. And we'll see if he goes this week. We'll ask Gary Anderson in a few moments. Abraderis is like Austin Collie with a beard. Really good player. Borland, Kyle Van Noy style. Next on BYU Sports Nation, how about... The head football coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, Gary Anderson. We're going to dive inside some of those injury notes and find out about his unique relationship with Bronco Mendenhall. This is BYU Sports Nation.
We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Join the show's very quickly growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation has audio on demand on the new BYURadio.org. Listen live to the show on and on demand. Uh, the show's live every day at uh, noon Eastern and then rebroadcast at 7 p.m. Eastern Monday through Friday. Our Twitter question of the day, really a debate, at year's end. BYU will be, and we're asking about uh, their ranking, and so you have to take into uh, effect or into account whether or not you believe BYU will run the table, go 3-1, and 2-2. Two and two. And so we're asking you to tell us how well you think BYU will finish in the rankings, and more importantly, do you think they have enough juice to get into the top 14 and become BCS eligible? We go to at Art Director BYU. 11-2 and two equals 15 so just outside BCS that'd eligibility. A, that'd be after a bowl game. After a bowl game win. 10-3, 20-9-4 would be unranked. At Paul J. Elliott, he said, Not sorry. Losses to the Badgers and Irish will make this question irrelevant. <laughs> Who called me Debbie Downer? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Again, at Brian Nebaker, we've already heard from him once in the show. He, he tweets in it again. It was Brian, yeah. BYU needs to win out, and they'll be 12 to 18 in the polls. Hashtag finish strong. Oh, come on, Brian. Say if it's in 14 or not. Come on, brother. <laughs> uh, let's see. At F. Ruiz 801. If BYU wins out, I'd say 15 to 20. If BYU loses to Wisconsin or Notre Dame, 20 to 25. If BYU loses to both, they're unranked. Okay. I think that's the consensus. BYU needs to win one of those games to, to finish the season. Well, yeah, I think they do. They have to win one of those games to finish ranked in the BCS top 25. And then if USC ends up ranked and you play them in a bowl game and you beat them, you could finish. BYU finished ranked, I believe, in 08 when they were 10-3. and three. At Laser Sheep, 21-25, to 25, setting a decent stage for next season with returning star power along with Jerem Jordan's argument right there. It's about setting up next year, preseason top 25 next year. Seriously, if you, if you win double-digit games and you return your quarterback, you're ranked, baby. It's going to happen. Uh, BYU will put at the GM 11. BYU will probably end 10-3 and three after bowl win will be between 15 and 20. How about our Facebook friends, Russell Alley? Going to say 19, but to do that, they've got to win out. So he thinks they only get to 19 if they win all four games, which is kind of along the lines of what you're thinking. The, the I don't know. I don't know what I want to call that approach. I think BYU the would be close. cautiously optimistic or cautiously pessimistic approach, Jeremy. 14 is <laughs> too high. Josh can. Ranked 21 to 25, which means a loss to Wisconsin or Notre Dame and a bowl win. 10 and 3 record would land BYU a finishing spot between 21 and 25. Continue to send your tweets to add BYU Sports Nation. We will be joined by Wisconsin head football coach Gary Anderson in just a few moments. Going to ask him about those injuries to Jared Aberderis and their star linebacker, not to mention uh, a key offensive lineman and tight end also dealing with some nagging injuries. Uh, on that Wisconsin line, it's Chris Borland, the linebacker, and center Dallas Llewellyn, tight end Brian Wozniak. So the Badgers... Wozniak's a big piece, too, yeah. of their pass game. And so we'll see what those injuries do. What, what effect did those injuries have on Wisconsin? Which, by the way, this is a huge game for Wisconsin. They also need to get into the top 14 to be eligible for an at-large bid. Right now, they are at 24 they need to move up 10 spots in four weeks, which is kind of a challenge. And they've got to hope that Michigan State loses, who is number 17. Because any BCS conference can only uh, get two teams into BCS games. So you're going to assume that Ohio State is probably your Rose Bowl team, your champ, if they went out. And then Michigan State at this point would be your number two. So which, uh, Wisconsin needs to beat BYU. If they have three losses, they're not going to go to a BCS game. And that's a compelling thought because, obviously, we focus so much attention on BYU and cracking into the BCS Top 25 and what do they have to do to maybe sneak in and and get to number 14. But you're right. Wisconsin really needs this win if they want want to get into a notable bowl game and if they have any hopes of cracking the BCS. So it's given that angle alone, man, this is a great football game we have shaping up. Right, and I've seen a couple tweets from national media over the weekend that brought up BYU because BYU is kind of in the outsider conversation right now of of uh, teams on the fringe of being ranked and, and somewhat relevant. 
And someone, one guy said, what is, but BYU has nothing to play for. That guy does not understand why BYU is independent. It, it's not about, BYU did not go independent to get into BCS games. Their BCS access is worse as an independent. It's not about that. It's called access and exposure. When you don't have a conference to play for, what are you playing for? What is what is Notre Dame playing for if they don't get into a BCS game? What is Army and Navy playing for? BYU has similar reasons for being an independent. It's so that BYU can uh, be the flag bearer of the university, the football team, you know, and all, the, all of those reasons. Get on ESPN. Play big teams. Play a bunch of bowl games. Have a good record. Yes, you don't have a conference title to play for and who cares about if your first team all conference who cares it doesn't matter what matters is winning and being in the discussion having star power and playing a good brand of football and at this point in the season BYU is doing just that year three of independence has has taught me that BYU being an independent is a good thing and can work in the long term BYU Sports Nation right now on BYU Radio. Coming up, we'll play Big Deal or No Deal with four different issues uh, that we have carefully picked out of the game notes to uh, discuss. I think you'll really enjoy that. Also, Gary Anderson, the head football coach of the University of Wisconsin, joining BYU Sports Nation in just a few moments. Our Twitter question today, what will BYU be ranked at the end of the season? You have four options on BYUTVSports.com. Vote if you have an opportunity and send, again, your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation or you can comment on our Facebook page. Got a couple of good tweets uh, continuing to come in. At Troy B. Adams. Always uh, interesting insight on Twitter. I like it. He says, We used to play Mountain West Conference teams all season and hope for a big name in a bowl. Now we play get big games all season and play Mountain West Conference in a bowl. <laughs> ah, how the tides have shifted right there. We welcome into BYU Sports Nation the head football coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, Gary Anderson. Gary, joining us live from Madison, welcome to the show. Uh, first and foremost, we need to ask you about this Halloween costume and an incident that we saw at practice, which was, by the way, fantastic. Uh, can you walk us through what happened up there in Madison? Well, you saw a really bad old man try to uh, act like an uh, offensive lineman of old times. So that's, that's what you saw there. But it was fun. Kids had a, the kids had a good time with it. I was definitely sore the next day, and uh, it was, uh, uh, I don't know, kind of just on a whim. We thought we'd come up with something for Halloween, and so we came up with that. And then the little scare tactics in the uh, the cafeteria, that was, that was pretty funny, too. For those who don't know... Uh, Gary Anderson, uh, you, you dressed up like number 55. So I don't know if your character has a name. That uh, was me. That was you. That was <laughs> that Gary was Anderson. Me. That was my number and everything back in the day. At Rick's and Idaho State? Uh, at Rick's and Utah. And Utah, sorry. And Utah. Uh, so number 55, you go You go out there. First off, one of your players goes out and addresses the team as you. He's wearing the visor. He's saying things you say. <laughs> and then you come out with a headband that has these locks on it, you know, on the back, and you're just this wild lineman coming out there. And then you snapped the ball against one of your guys. Yeah, you you was, owned him on the first play. I did, but yeah, I, I cheated, though. I told him to tie his shoe, and then he got confused because he was fat, and he's like, how can my shoe not be he, he went with, he gave me the whole story afterwards. So. That's great. But I, but I got it forever. Yeah, I, yeah, I got my mullet, too, so that was oh, my yes. back in the day. That is fantastic. Gary Anderson, the head football coach of the University of Wisconsin, joining Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan on BYU Sports Nation. Gary, I actually met you at the Rose Bowl on the sidelines. I was working in Palm Springs at the time and just happened to be covering the Rose Bowl when you were standing there with your assistant. We took some pictures together. It was great to get to know you then. Your team has come a long way uh, from that Rose Bowl point. What's allowed Wisconsin to mature and progress up to this point uh, since January 1? Well, I would say the biggest thing is the, the acceptance of, of us as a staff through a very powerful senior class. Uh, these kids have had so many coaching changes, You know, not, not with the head coach, but with coordinators and position coaches. And um, they accepted us. They allowed us to come in and at least listen to the message that we were going to share with them. When we first came in, that was we wanted to build a family environment. We wanted to take care of the kids. We're going to be there for them. Um, and those things are all easy to say. It's like building a family. You don't do it overnight. You do it through time and through trust. And uh, they allowed us to give us an opportunity to kind of put our money where our mouth was in those situations. And we're a close-knit team. This is truly a family. I feel very good about these kids as for their, their ability and their want to, to compete with each other. And I'll always remember that they, you know, they allowed us to be to come in on the first year and, and be part of things with them. And uh, that's uh, we got. other than that, we've got some really good players. Um, 
believe we got good coaches that put them in a position to have an opportunity to succeed. But and then we use you know we use our quality players much like BYU does. We use our quality players to allow us to to hopefully make plays on game day. And if you look at these two teams, they're very good at doing that. So you know our running backs are a big part of who we are. Jared Abadaris is a big part of who we are on the on the, off, on the offensive side of the ball. You look at BYU; it's no different. They can use Taysom, they can use Hoffman. You know, they can use Jamal to make those plays to to give them an opportunity to be successful. Gary Anderson, head coach of Wisconsin, joins BYU Sports Nation. How easy was the transition from from Logan to Madison uh, with not only players but lifestyle? Yeah, I've said this many times, and you guys can appreciate this uh, living in Utah where you're at right now. But <laughs> I was so hopeful when I when I came to Madison. I believed it from listening to Coach Alvarez. I believed it from spending just three hours on the field competing against Wisconsin when I was here at Utah State. That these were these were good kids, and that they were they were driven a lot of the way that Utah kids are blue collar athlete, blue collar attitude, toughness. They want to graduate. Uh, being involved in the community matters. All those things that really truly matter to me at this point in my coaching career more so than ever. And it's been exactly like that. And that's what's made it the best. Secondly, would be Coach Alvarez and, and his support staff, and then the community allowing the transition to be. Uh, really as easy as possible for the assistant coaches it's easier for me my kids are older you know i just i just buy a house and have a place for the dogs and stacy's not really high maintenance so it makes it easy to get where i got to get but for our assistants and uh, you know families coming in kids getting new schools getting into gymnastics football whatever it is uh, it was very very easy because the people are so supportive i have a simple question better weather logan or madison um you know, it's a, it's a toss-up. They're the same. It's four seasons. <laughs> when it's cold, it's cold. When it's uh, spring, it's spring. You know, last two days, us, because I understand you guys have had some snow there. Yes. So, so we have not had that. We've had a little bit of rain, and we'll get outside and practice today at hopefully, you know, 50 degrees or so, and we'll get out there. But, uh, but it goes back and forth. We could talk in a couple of days, and you guys might have the edge at that point there in Utah. But uh, it's uh, it, I like four seasons, though. You know what? And guys, hey, if it's, if it's 25 degrees – or 12 degrees, we ain't going outside anyway. So away we go. Wisconsin head coach Gary Anderson joining BYU Sports Nation. And, Coach, you have an interesting relationship with BYU, given that in one way or another you have faced them as a defensive coordinator, as a head coach at Utah State, and now as the head coach at Wisconsin. So you get the job in Madison, you sit down, you review your roster, and I'm guessing at some point uh, very early on you look at the schedule and you see BYU again. What was the first thing that went through your mind when you're like, oh, we, we play BYU again? Um, yeah, probably shouldn't say the first thing that went through my mind. Uh, I was I was definitely shocked, uh, but as you know, as it went on, it was like I think sixteen or seventeen years I've had an opportunity to play BYU, and you guys all know. At least I hope everybody knows that you know I have, I have tremendous respect for BYU as a program and the coaches, and and have for a number of years. That's not just. Uh, uh, something that I, I, you know, it's it's, it's abnormal. Um, I know that doesn't go over real great with the with the Utah fans. I do believe it goes over fairly well with the Utah State fans, as far as uh, I do have great respect and I always will for it's a great program. So we've got to compete at, at a high level this year. You're going to have two very good teams face off, and that's been proven now through eight games. This is two good teams now. Can they be great teams, either one of them? Well, time will tell in the next four weeks if they can go from a good team to a great team, in my opinion. But uh, it's going to be a, a very interesting ball game, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see some of these faces on these BYU kids. That uh, I hope Haig comes down here. I haven't seen that kid for a while, and uh, there's a number of them out there. And, you know, Falsey, I don't know if he's going to play or not, but I'd love to be able to, you know, get to, get to see some of those kids. It's been a while. Gary Anderson, Wisconsin head coach, joins BYU Sports Nation. Last season, Taysom Hill only starts two games, one of which is against your Utah State-led squad, a tightly contested game, a 6-3 game. BYU gets one good drive at the end of the second half, and that's, that's the winner. How has BYU changed in your eyes from last year to this year? Well, the, the big thing is, is the, the change in the offensive scheme with the pace. Um, it's definitely made a big difference. The kids have bought into that scheme. Especially, you see it as the progression as the season goes on. Uh, when you play against the pace offense, the two hardest things that you can't really practice, you try to, but it's very difficult to practice, is understanding that when they keep the same personnel on the field, the calls come very quick. You've got to get it out. You've got to get it out of your mouth as a coordinator to the signal guy onto the field, and the kids need to communicate. That takes time. Um, that's, that's tough to deal with. And then number two, as the drive goes on, 
you, you can't buy into the old fact that, hey, we're going to get tired and they're going to wear us down. I believe on the defensive side, if you're going to play good against the pace team, you got to bow up and say, hey, you know what, they're running too. They're going to get tired. So uh, those are that, that, that's the biggest transition, I think, on the offensive side. I think Robert's done a great job of moving them in the right direction, direction, and they stuck with it. And that's that's when you know early on maybe game one or two people might have been throwing their arms in the air. What are we doing? What are we doing? But they stuck with it. It's paid dividends. Um, Taysom is perfect for it. He's a great athlete. You get him in space. He's a quarterback that can beat you with his mind, his arms, and his legs. And he's getting better and better at it every single week. And he has some obviously some very good pieces to the puzzle. So uh, a lot of things have led to the success, but it all starts with good players. BYU Sports Nation talking with Wisconsin head coach Gary Anderson. And Gary, you brought up J.D. Falslow's injury, his broken hand. That's going to sideline him for a few weeks. How's the health of your team? I, I know that uh, Jared Aberderis is an incredible player. Uh, he's been listed with a, a ribs, chest injury. And then you have your linebacker, Chris Borland, who uh, it, it really is a midseason All-American and, and a dynamic player. How are those guys doing along that front? Yeah, I think they'll both be ready to go. Chris was, Chris was real close last week, but the the ball kind of went in his court as far as no one wants to play more than Chris Borland, and you guys would uh, you would absolutely love him. I mean, he leads our team with 105 hours of community service. He's he's unbelievable young man and a great player. He'll be able to play, and he'll be ready to go, and Jared will also be ready to go, another great young man who, uh, again, uh, you guys would – He's, he's he's a tremendous tremendous young man, but he'll he'll play this week. So we're pretty healthy as a team. Uh, everybody's banged up. You know, you've got some nicks and, and bruises and bangs as you go through the season, but uh, we're we're in pretty good shape, and we should know more today. Also, what's BYU? Uh, what's in store for BYU in terms of what the atmosphere is like at Camp Randall? Everyone knows after the third quarter, jump around, you know that whole thing. But it's more than just that moment. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, you know. Camp Randall is uh, it's a, it's an experience. It's uh, it's a happening when uh, on game day. And when I came here as a visiting coach, and I've had the opportunity to be in there a few times as the head coach uh, on the on the home team, it's it's an unbelievable experience. No matter when you come into it, it's something that I really believe that the BYU kids will remember for the rest of their lives. And you know, uh, we all want to come in and play well and win and everything else. But to say that you've been in this, I know those Utah State kids remembered it. It's it is it is a happening. Um, it's an educated crowd who has tremendous respect for the opponent, but yet uh, does everything they can to to try to help the home team as they go through. And it's uh, it's just a great setting. It's uh, the, the stadium is set up the right way to to have everybody be involved. And um, Coach Alvarez has has built the you know the big screens and the jumbotrons and everything else to be as good as there is in the country. And uh, the, the the BYU kids will really enjoy their time here. And uh, you know, hopefully we can win, so it's not too much of a great experience for them. But it's uh, it's an unbelievable <laughs> place to play football. The support of the support of the fans, and you know, you guys' home field is obviously very difficult to play in. This one's very difficult to play in too. And uh, you know, we pride ourselves on that here at Wisconsin, just like you guys do at Cougar Stadium. Wisconsin head coach Gary Anderson, very gracious with his time uh, to join us on BYU Sports Nation. And, and Coach, wrapping up with you, I, I read that you have an, an interesting relationship with BYU head coach Bronco Mendenhall and that uh, uh, he, in a way, kind of helped you get a footing in college football. Can you walk us through that experience very quickly? Yeah, he. Uh, when I was at uh, Park City High School, um, being I was the head coach there and um, really didn't have a way to get back into – I'd left Idaho State. Uh, Stacy was pregnant with twins and I uh, went to coach high school and uh, kind of she was looking at me like I had 12 heads. My dad was saying, what are you doing? And <laughs> I went to Park City and was coaching there, and Bronco gave me a call out of the blue one day and said, would you be interested in coaching the defensive line at Northern Arizona? Obviously, I said absolutely yes. Um, and we uh, uh, went up there, and, and Coach Axman, who was the head coach, uh, interviewed me. I got the job, and then Bronco left at that point and went back to Oregon State. Bronco and I, prior to that, really just had a relationship through competing and coaching at Ricks and Snow College. Um, and, you know, our, our relationship has, has really grown since then, and I, I consider Bronco a friend, and um, I hope he considers that right back out of me because I, I, I've got a lot of respect for what he's done and, and what he continues to do at BYU, but we do communicate quite a bit. You know, we all we all know the story about chasing, uh, committing, and going to, to BYU early on, and I have great respect for Bronco giving him the opportunity when he thought it was uh, best and it wasn't my decision in any way, shape, or form. It was just chasing uh, wanted to try to come out here and play, and, and Bronco, you know, uh, granted him and BYU, I might add, granted him the opportunity to be able to do that, and that's um, that's sheer class, in my opinion. So I, I have a, a close tie with Bronco, and a great respect for him, just as I do BYU. So if you you were an offensive lineman, right? Yes, sir. 
And uh, Bronco was a a linebacker, right? Yeah. At Snow, oh, did I you knock? I knocked him out. Did you go up against each other in games? No, no, no I don't think. I thought you were going to ask me who would have won. So. Right now, in the octagon, you and Bronco. Put up my own can of worms on that one. Did you, um, did you play a game or two against each other? You know what? No, I don't think we ever crossed because he's two years younger than me, so it would have mm. been in coaching when we actually crossed because Brian Broncos was 47, so he would have been a couple years. I was 83, 84. I think he was like 85, 86 at, at Snow um, before he went on, so I think we just missed each other. But you're saying if you were in the octagon now, you could take him? Is that what you're saying? I don't know about now. He's looking pretty good. <laughs> he does all that weird stuff in the off season. I spend more time kind of, you know, sitting on the patio petting my dogs on the head more than I should. So I don't know what would happen these days. We're gonna have to contact Dana White at the UFC and try and get you on the UFC 200 ticket. <laughs> awesome. Perhaps. Yeah, that that would not be a pay per view. That's for sure. that'd be on like three in the morning. <laughs> Gary Anderson, I have one final question for you, Coach, and, and that is you're a man of your word. Look, uh, w- when you won the bowl game at Utah State, I can't believe you, you went through with this, but you got a tattoo. If Wisconsin wins a national championship at any point, do you have plans to perhaps get a Wisconsin tattoo or transform that Aggie tattoo into a W? Won't transform the Aggie, but yes, that's already the groundwork's been laid for uh, <laughs> that. That'll, that'll absolutely happen. So nice. They get themselves to a BCS game and do some great things. and. Uh, well, there'll be a few other kids that probably do it too, but uh, yeah, I owe them. I owe them that. I got two of those now, so away we go. Yep. Coach, thanks so much for the time for joining BYU Sports Nation. I know uh, a lot of people in Utah and across the country really enjoy what you're doing and and are happy for your success. And uh, we'll see you on Saturday. Thank you, guys. Appreciate your time very much. Take care. All righty, Coach Gary Anderson of Wisconsin. What a guy, man. I mean, he he is a player's coach, totally, and you can see why. Dynamic personality. And a very kind guy. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, we play Big Deal or No Deal. Jerem, get yourself ready. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. As Tyler said, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in the BYU Broadcast Building. We've got you covered for BYU at Wisconsin Saturday afternoon. Pre-game coverage on BYU Radio starts at 1.30 Eastern time. Countdown to kickoff on BYU TV starts at 2.30 Eastern. The game on BYU Radio and ESPN National. Both BYU Radio and BYU TV have live post-game coverage. Oh, by the way... I will be involved in that post-game coverage, which was kind of an audible at the last moment, but I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm, I'm, I'm involved. Thanks, Jerem. Yeah, Alema Harrington uh, will host the pre- and post-game show normally, but uh, he's got a, a previous commitment with the Utah Jazz pre-game show. So, Spencer, you jump into the post-game. Bring it on! Our Twitter question today is, at year's end, BYU will be ranked what? Unranked? 21-25, to 15-20, or 14, and BCS-eligible? Interesting debate happening right now on Twitter and at BYU Sports Nation. Jerem, you have anything for me, my friend? Okay, how about this? How about this? We go to at Barry Smith, and he says, BYU will be between 21 and 15, given that they will lose to either Wisconsin or Notre Dame. So that that is, is that along the lines of, of what you're thinking, or do you feel like maybe BYU runs the table, my friend? BYU has to run the table in order for this to happen. I think it's going to be tough for BYU to win the last four games. Those are tough games. I think BYU can do it. But, uh, yeah, it's a tall task. Time for our weekly debate segment. Jerem, are you ready? Big deal. No deal. Four topics, all debate-worthy, and it is our mission to inform BYU Sports Nation listeners so you can form your own educated opinion. Let's do it. Number one. BYU fans and college football analysts continue to look at BYU's opening weekend loss to Virginia and thinking, what if? Big deal, no deal, the effect of that loss on the outcome of this season. I'm going to say big deal, Jerem, but probably not for the reason that many think, and that is, I think it's a big deal because it made BYU the team they are today. And tight end Kanae Kufriel agrees with me. I don't think we'd be at the level we're at right now without that loss. It was kind of a humbling experience for us. You know, we have good players, a uh, great scheme, but we needed to kind of be humbled. And I think that's really what happened there in Virginia. BYU tight end Connie Akua-Friel joining BYU Sports Nation a few days ago on that loss to Virginia and how it was important to BYU's growth. I couldn't agree more. BYU is not 6-2 and two and in the position they are today if they don't lose that game to Virginia. That's valid, and I like it a lot. Um, 
last night I tweeted a picture that Richard Wilson had Instagram last night of Taysom Hill just kind of being hugged and all muddy and everything. I just forgot how crazy that game was. And you're, you're right, that has happened. However, I think it is a big deal in a different way. I think that it, BYU could have figured some things out and still won that game. They could have still lost to Utah maybe, or maybe they beat BYU, uh, Utah. And then maybe they're undefeated or have a, just one loss at this point and are more in the BCS conversation than Northern Illinois or Fresno State. So in that way, I think it was a big deal. Now we move on in big deal or no deal, number two. Saturday's game will be 10 straight years. Gary Anderson has faced a BYU team. Big deal, no deal. Gary Anderson's familiarity with BYU. Big deal, BYU is a well-known commodity in Gary Anderson's mind, and that's going to factor into how he game plans. He knows Bronco. He knows Bronco's schemes. Uh, he understands the way Bronco thinks. That's a big deal for Gary Anderson to know BYU, given that He's faced the Cougars, I don't care with what team, but he knows that team and understands their concepts concepts to a degree. You just heard from him. He He's tapped into what BYU does. No deal. He couldn't do anything with that anyways, really. He went 1-2 and two at Utah State as the head coach. Those players are going to have to make the plays, and it's just it's him preparing them for certain things. But guess what? The stuff that they would watch on film is going to be greater influence on them than anything Gary Anderson says to them. Number three. Wisconsin running backs Melvin Gordon and James White both average over 100 yards rushing per game. Big deal, no deal. Having two players rushing for 100 plus a game. So they've got the the, the old veteran James White, and 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 here he is with 804 again this year already. And then here comes the youngster Melvin Gordon, the redshirt sophomore. He's already got a thousand yards. He's a thousand seventy four already this season, averaging 8.7 yards a carry. BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler on Wisconsin's running backs and their stats. The only team in the country to have two running backs averaging over 100 yards. The other FBS team is BYU, but one of those is a quarterback. So, can I make that a huge deal? Wisconsin's running... Look, they know They know teams that play Wisconsin know what's coming. They know what's coming, and they still can't stop it. That is a huge deal. They have talented running backs, BYU, and their talented... Front seven have their hands full against two of the nation's best. Big deal. I tried to think about a way to make this a no deal. I can't. That is a big deal. (laughs) That they're the only team in the country with two dudes that rush for 100-plus. However, BYU also has two dudes that rush for 100-plus. Although Taysom Hill has cooled off post-259 against Texas. But, uh, yeah, that's a big deal. That's the challenge of the game. Can BYU stop those two dudes? Number four. Wisconsin has won 28 straight home games against non-conference foes at Camp Randall Stadium. Big deal, no deal. The home win streak as BYU travels to Madison on Saturday. It is one of the best, if not the best, place to play a college football game if you're Wisconsin. I think, think, think about going in there as an opponent, a non-conference opponent that hasn't experienced Camp Randall on an every-other-year basis like BYU. It is overwhelming. The home field advantage is a big deal, and it plays into the fact that they have won 28 straight home games, and I don't care if they've played weak opponents or strong opponents. They're winning games in that stadium because the experience is overwhelming. Huge! I'm going to go huge deal again on that. Wisconsin wins games against non-conference BCS teams and a lot of Big Ten teams because that's a tough place to play. And it's not BCS teams per se they're playing. Listen to the team. No deal is my answer. 2012, they played Northern Iowa, Utah State. Utah State was a good team that year. 11-2, 11-2, and two, yes, but they didn't play anybody. UTEP, 2011, UNLV, Oregon State was terrible. South Dakota, San Jose State, Arizona State, Austin P. Northern Illinois, Wofford, really? These 28 straight home games? It's all about, it's different. BYU's one of the strongest non-conference teams that's gone there in a long time. And that wraps up Big Deal. Or no, the form your own opinions, BYU Sports Nation. Jeremy and I will debate it. Uh, on a weekly basis, we'd like to hear from you on Twitter and Facebook. What will be uh, BYU be ranked at the end of the season if they're ranked at all? You know, forget the break. Let's just do the Cougar whip around right now. We've got so much to get to before we're done at the top of the hour. It's time for the Cougar whip around. Men's basketball. The Cougars open the regular season with Weber State Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. National Signing Day is next Wednesday. Get get excited. Women's basketball. The Cougars season opener Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern time against South Dakota State on BYU TV and BYU Radio Live. 
Women's volleyball. 21st ranked BYU has five regular season matches left, including a pair of matches in the Bay Area this weekend with San Francisco and Santa Clara. Soccer. The 20th ranked women's soccer team finishing the regular season this week, hosting Pacific Thursday and St. Mary's on Saturday. If Portland, BYU's rival, beats Santa Clara this week, BYU wins out. Then the Cougars will finish in a three-way tie for the conference title would be back-to-back. The NCAA Tournament Selection Show Monday, 4.30 Eastern on NCAA.com. Golf. Friend of the program, Joe Parkinson, is the WCC Player of the Month for the second straight month. Joe won the Pacific Invitation over the weekend with a 13-under performance. Look, it's one thing to win the West Coast Conference Player of the Month once, but two times in a row. Dude is balling on the links right now. And He's more, already, more yeah. importantly... He was a guest on BYU That's Sports right. Nation. He's already made uh, a guest appearance on BYU Sports Nation. Coming up tomorrow, Greg Rebell, radio voice of the Cougars, getting set for the showdown in Madison. He will tell us how the Cougars get it done, what they must do to steal a win against the Badgers in Camp Randall. And Randy Ray, the Weber State men's basketball coach, his Wildcats tip off against BYU in the season opener Friday night. That game also live on BYU TV, 7 p.m. Mountain, 9 p.m. Eastern. Then Friday, Matt LePay, the Wisconsin radio play-by-play, will join us, as well as Lexi Eaton stud on the women's basketball team. They opened the season as well Friday, as we mentioned a moment ago. Alexi yeah, uh, coming off ACL surgery, dynamic player. Girl, I mean, her older brother was, was awesome in high school. I remember yeah, we Preston. did some of his games back in the day. I dare say Lexi might be a better shooter than Preston. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who gets today's <laughs> Rise and Shout? Our Rise and Shout goes to... I'm, I'm going to go a little off the off the board right here, and, and I'm going to give it to, to Gary Anderson for being a class I was thinking act. the same thing. I'm gonna, I, I have to give it to the guy. He, he was such a great interview, so insightful, very humorous, and uh, he respects Bronco Mendenhall and the BYU program. If, if you didn't get that from that interview, I don't know what you did get. That guy is awesome. And he's funny, you know. He was he was he had fun with the Halloween video. I re, I tweeted that I retweeted Jeremiah Jensen of KSL TV in Salt Lake City last night, who had posted that. Uh, so check that out. Final poll results on BYUTVSports.com. At the end of the year, where will BYU end up being ranked? The winner is ranked twenty-one to fifteen, forty-seven percent. What percentage do you think said ranked fourteen or better and BCS eligible? I'm going to say 20%. 12. No, sorry, 11 11%. 11's my lucky number. So there, Jaron. Congratulations. <laughs> That's more than 5%, right? The 5% chance are giving BYU to finish 14 or above. Well, BYU, fans aren't, BYU fans aren't going to decide that. <laughs> oh, it's been a great show on BYU Sports Nation, Big Deal or No Deal, and debating whether or not the Cougars can do enough to be in the BCS discussion when the season is over. Uh, some final tweets coming in from at BYU Clark. An 11-2 finish, BYU will be ranked 14. He doesn't say... I mean, that would include a bowl win. So we'll- See, that's the thing. After If BYU can run the table and beat a USC type in, uh, in the bowl game, you're going to beat top 15. You're going to sit in that spot. But it's can you do that at the end of the regular season after Nevada? I just don't see it happening. Uh, the same at BYU Clark says 10-3 and three with a loss at Wisconsin or Notre Dame. BYU finishes ranked 17. Again, he's giving BYU a bowl win. At Laser Sheep, I'm stuck between Jerem and Spencer, or in other words, Debbie Downer and Blue Kool-Aid. <laughs> Fun to be a Cougar fan. Isn't it, though? Big thanks to our guest today, uh, Gary Anderson. Tremendous stuff. And everyone on our crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, station manager Don Chaline, production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King, and our engineer Aaron Evans. Check out our new BYU Sports Nation Facebook page for show links and much more like and comment at your heart's content. You can also listen to episodes of the show on demand every day at BYURadio.org. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton, and you have just listened to BYU Sports Nation.